Rich, some guys like it quiet, some guys like it loud. This is. Yeah, you know, Gator needs to look like he needs some exercise. I don't know. Of course, the conditions now that he has to play the shot test anyone. Special episode with Mr. Brian Ross, architect of the High Cotton Club's home away from home, Park Mammoth Golf Club in Park City, Kentucky. Brian, thank you for taking some taking some time. It's great to catch up with you again. How's life been treating you since the last time we saw you? Yeah, Connor, always great. Uh, love every time we we are able to connect. And so, uh, yeah, life life has been absolutely crazy uh, since last time I saw you guys in June. We, my family and I, uh, up up and moved back to Virginia where I grew up over the summer. And uh, so just, you know, new home, new, new town, trying to learn things, get the kids in their new school. Uh, It's been very chaotic. And at the same time, my wife was pregnant during all that. We just uh, got a a new daughter. She'll be two months old, uh, basically uh, the day before Thanksgiving. So uh, just trying to stay alive out here, man, just (laughs) getting some sleep when I can. And, and, uh, still traveling a lot for work and and uh as busy as i could be well congratulations um that's all exciting stuff to hear and i'm sure that being back close to home helps with some of that stuff but i know that uh you're busy 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 traveling uh as much as you know your schedule will allow um pretty much so is there anything that you're working on right now or anything that you've been working on recently that you want to tell us about before we get into uh everything park mammoth and the extinction related yeah, so three primary projects right now. The the first actually we're receiving bids from contractors today for a, a spring start down in Georgetown, Texas, which is about an hour uh, north of where where I lived in Austin. And we're going to be renovating all the greens out there in the spring, and then starting in the fall, I'll have a, a municipal golf course renovation down in in Seguin, Texas, which is about an hour the other direction. So I'm still going to be spending a lot of time in Texas. Still, still my company's still technically based there. I've got a little virtual office set up and and uh, so staying busy with those two things. And then probably the most exciting thing on my plate right now is uh, is the the Great Dunes course at Jekyll Island Golf Club in Georgia, which we were hired. Uh, Jeff Stein, a good friend of mine and I were hired back in the summer. We're going to gonna be doing a complete nine hole restoration of a, a Walter Travis golf course. there. It's one of only three public Travis courses in the country. So. Extremely excited about that one, and then we'll, we'll also get to add nine new holes to uh, on the side of an, of another old existing course. So, could um, try to create kind of a cohesive eighteen hole Travis experience. So that's that's a, a project that I think you know is really going to be a, a big one for me professionally. It's it's very exciting. It's on the ocean, ocean views, pure sand. Uh, it's kind of the stuff you dream about. So, 
We love to hear that. Um, we're, we're very excited for you and all the success that you're having. Um, obviously, a bunch of that was kind of uh, kick-started with your project at Park Mammoth. Um, you, you'd had some success in your career already, but I think this project at Park Mammoth has kind of taken the golf world by storm, at least in our neck of the woods, um, and, and received some ratings to, to kind of highlight that um, throughout some publications over the past year. Uh, but you got to experience how the High Cotton Club experiences Park Mammoth last year in June for the extinction. Um, that was our third time having the extinction, but our first time as a no laying up roost major and NIT qualifier. So to blow that event up, to have 75 people from all over the country, from Oregon to Boston, all coming down into central Kentucky. Um, just I'm interested to hear kind of your takeaways, what it was like for you to see your creation uh, host something like that. Yeah, I've had some pretty epic days at Park Mammoth over the last four years. You know, the, the first day we were out there, we started stripping grass and knocking down trees. Uh, it was something I'll always remember. And and as the scope grew and, and then, you know, getting to play it for the first time in October of 2021 with just just the owner and a few of his buddies. And, and then opening day, uh, April 2022, just being there for that and, uh, you know, getting to see my creation really truly come to life. But, but honestly, your the event that you guys had last fall, and, uh, it was kind of, it was kind of what the dream always was for that place. Is, and, and, you know, I told you before the event last year that you asked me if I wanted to play and I said, you know what, I think I just kind of want to be there and experience it this time. I, I, I just want to kind of sit around and watch golfers play and, and, you know, just being out there and, and I posted up in, in the, the, uh, the shelter there by 11 green and over by six kind of just moving around a little bit and getting near all the guys excited music's playing hooting and hollering uh you know we had a had a hole in one on a par four just just the wrong green uh shout I think Jay Mims on that one so um just a, a really incredible day it's it's what you hope for when you build a place like that where the focus is on fun you want to see that type of environment and, and see see people just having a blast and, and, you know, at the end of the day, just seeing, seeing 30 carts rolling, uh, rolling down the back nine headed out to number, number 16 was just, just such a, such a core memory for me at that place. Uh, it fires me up to hear that. And uh, yeah, having the, uh, for the folks who have played part mammoth and maybe weren't there, the folks who haven't played part mammoth number two green and number four green are right next to each other split by a bunker and uh, one of our boys from the Peachtree Collective, actually, I, I, my understanding is he thought he was going to four green and made that mistake and actually hold it to where he thought he was going to. And then they're like, oh, uh, yeah, wrong hole, bud. So uh, I, I think you said count it. I did say count it. I think, you know, uh, in, in a day like that, you know, you know, it, it's a uh, stable for competition. We weren't really playing for handicap. I, I think, you know, if it goes in the hole, it goes in the hole. That's great stuff. But uh, like like you said, having um, however many carts we had rolling down the fairways and, and mm. coming around those greens um, as we finished. And then obviously the the entire uh, individual format coming down to playoffs and then the, the derby dragging out and uh, just creating a lot of fun and, and a bit of chaos. Um, it, it's like you said, it's everything that you kind of want to see at one of those events. And, and what y'all created at Park Mammoth is just the perfect venue for it. So um, from from me and everybody who who got to participate last year and who will get to participate this year, obviously, thank you. And uh, we can't wait 
having said all that, Park Mammoth the last year was still new and it's still mm-hmm. new now. Um, but it's had a little bit more time since you were talking about opening day. Um, I had the opportunity to be out there and, and there, like the seam lines were very obvious. It, it was um, clear that it was still new and growing in. It's having played it recently. Um, it's awesome to see how well it's grown in from my perspective, but I'm curious when was the last time you got back out there and what is your impression of how the golf course is kind of sinking into the, uh, to the ground? Yeah, so I was out there two weeks ago, so like last week of, of October, actually. And, uh, yeah, just it, it's been really nice to see it mature, you know, as, as new greens t- tend to be a little bit firm. And, you know, I think that that the team out there have done a, a phenomenal job managing the greens. They they really pure through the entire summer. They they stay that way through the winter. And I think they've done a, a great job with them. But seeing those mature a little bit and receive shots a little bit better, I think, than maybe they did those first few months has been awesome. And, you know, they had some winter kill issues out there in the fall. There's just some, a few places on the golf course with some North facing slopes that really depending on how the winter goes can, can struggle, especially out of the, you know, 15 and um, behind 15 green was really the worst spot last year. Some, some places on six as well. So they, they did a great job patching those things up in the, over the uh, summer. You can't, can't even tell it happened now. And, and, um, you know, those are just kind of some of the things you, you continue, continue to battle and being in the transition zone is, you know, hot, humid summers, cold, potentially dry winters are typically, you know, the worst thing you can have is when it's cold and dry. Um, but yeah, it's been, been beautiful to see it mature because we've added a little bit something every year, you know, new putting green and, and the new driving range project that we worked on last year. And, and, uh, so getting to see those things mature as well and, and getting to see people use those, I think it's been great. Um, you know, and they did some overseeding on the driving range tee, so they'll they'll still be on grass during dry days all winter, which is exciting. So, you know, it's always a little sad when you you see that Bermuda start to go dormant. You're like, oh man, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be like that for for the for the winter. But they they've also done a you know a great job addressing all the little drainage things that pop up that you you don't really know until you get the course done. And and they did some some great drainage work the first winter and they did a little bit less last winter. And, you know, I think it, it plays so firm, even in, on wet days to be in pure clay and rock. Uh, I think, you know, it, it's really, uh, really a nice firm um, place to play golf and they keep it mowed down nice and tight as well. So, um, so yeah, really enjoyed seeing it mature and can't wait to see as it, as it continues to do so. It is one of those places that being in, in the transition zone, like you talked about, um, it, any golf course is going to have their own battles. Um, but like you said, that place, even with it turning dormant, it just, it creates a little bit of a different fun element to it. Um, playing it with it's, it's kind of like heading into dormancy. I wouldn't say it's fully dormant right now. Mm-hmm. You still get to play some of those bounces and stuff like you would if it was a firm day in the summer. So even though it is my, maybe a little bit wet during the winter, you kind of get that give and take. And, and I, I, I have so much fun every time that I head up there, no matter if it's really firm because it's been dry or whether we've had three inches of rain over the past week and it's, it's a little wet, but it's never crazy wet because like you said, property drains fairly well, even though, um, you know, it's on that clay and stuff like that. You guys did a great job and um, kudos to the grounds crew for continuing to improve that kind of year over year. Um, As it continues to develop and mature, um, and as you said, you you loved seeing the extinction there last year. This year, we plan to host uh, the Farmers Cup, which last year was hosted. And uh, I always get it wrong. I think it's 
Quail Ridge, Quail Creek, something like that um, up around Evansville. Um, mm-hmm. And so we're excited to, to be taking that to Park Mammoth this year with the Crossroads Co-op, the boys from Indiana. Um, and then we're also going to be having our uh, No Lang Up Roost Regional Qualifier there with the boys from the Peachtree Collective and the Splash of OJ. So seeing it kind of transition and obviously host way more events than ours, um, but just kind of to fulfill its potential and to, to start to gain that traction. How satif- satisfying is that for you? Yeah, I think that's really all you can hope for. You know, this this place will continue to evolve and we've got some some exciting things, I think, planned in the future that'll that's going to help with that. It's still going to be a place where, you know, it's not going to be so busy during the week, but you really want to see that those weekends fill up and, and having lots of high school and junior tournaments and things like that and Monday outings. They, they've really, you know, continued to to evolve there and, and try to model a place to where they're they're being the most efficient. But w- when you have those just those events where you're getting people gathered and coming in from Indiana or Georgia or, or, you know, uh, Lexington area of Kentucky or Ohio, you know, even, even outside of the, the extinction, it's just always beautiful to, to kind of get some new eyes on a place and you never know what kind of idea that might spark for, for them to take back home too. Sure. And I, I love to hear you say that because um, it's, we'll get there and, and kind of the, um, bigger meaning and purpose that park mammoth can represent in the game of golf. But uh, it's, it's really special to hear you say that um, as the architect. So as we look forward to this year's extinction, um, bigger, better. Well, I won't say bigger. We're going to, we're going to have the same size field, 75 players pace to play last year is fantastic. It was Everybody had, had a perfect experience um, as far as that goes. So we're not going to try to make it bigger in terms of that, but more prizes. Um, so, so a lot, better and bigger in that aspect, bigger uh, gift packs, all that good stuff. Um, but the format's going to remain relatively the same. Um, it's going to be 36 holes of quota play flighted after the first round and then leading into the three-man all-shot derby. Um, right now, subject to change, uh, the all-shot derby routing is going to change a little bit. We're actually going to go to 13T to start and hit okay. the pin flag. Uh, so we're still going to utilize the opposite side of the double green, uh, but then we'll go straight over to uh, 15. We'll skip 14, um, mm-hmm. go to 15, 16, 17, 18. So Excellent. all that being said, w- what are your thoughts and hopes for this year's extinction? Yeah, I think you just you just want to build on last year's. You know, you don't want to get stale with things when when you're hosting any type of event. And you, you guys had so much momentum coming off the event last year. And, you know, I think – yeah, you know, maybe maybe take take took ten to fourteen days or something like that, maybe to fill the fill the field. I think it's going to take a lot less time this year. You know, a lot of the guys who came last year, um, you know, I know have been talking about coming back and bringing friends, and and that's that's what you hope for. You you want you know a core group of guys who really love the place, but you also want to you want them telling their buddies right and bringing some people who haven't had a chance to see it yet. So I'm always always excited to to hear those first time uh, opinions when you pull in there and. And, you know, obviously this year, kind of the big news is we're hoping to have the clubhouse done. Uh, it's fully under roof already. And and so they're making some really good progress on that. So hopefully we're going to have that, which is just kind of an added feature. And it's going to it's a beautiful building. And it's going to be right there on top of the hill with views of like 15 and a half holes, basically. So, uh, yeah, just uh, really looking forward to kind of that that next element that, that we're adding at the club there. Do you predict uh, the clubhouse being open first or Bucky's being open first? 
Oh, that's tough. I think the clubhouse, the Bucky's takes a little while. They got a lot of gas pumps to put in. They got a lot, a lot but of infrastructure to put in that parking lot. They do, yeah. As someone who, uh, you know, longtime Texan, it's uh, exciting to see Bucky's popping up. People get very excited about the chance to visit a Bucky's. You know, I, I can kind of take them or leave them. They have cheap gas, which I like. Uh, feels a little bit like a zoo in there sometimes, but happy to share that with the world, though. No, it, it can get a little chaotic in there, but uh, for our guys going to and from Nashville, to be able to uh, stop in there on the way or on the way back, get gas, whatever they need. That's going to be a uh, much appreciated addition to the uh, landscape around Park Mammoth. Um, but like you said, the, the clubhouse itself, it looks great. It's going to add an element to this year's extinction that uh, we clearly didn't have last year with the tent. The tent was awesome mm -hmm. and everybody had a good time. Thankfully, it wasn't crazy hot, so we didn't have anybody struggling with heat like that. Hopefully, you know, the uh, idea behind hosting it at this time of year is to avoid – some of that later summer heat. So hopefully we can have great weather um, like we did last year. But like I said, more more gifts this year. Um, and when I say that, I mean it. Um, and they're, they're going to be even better than last year. So some of the same things that, that people got last year, they can expect this year because some of those are were so good and they're kind of kind of be a stable piece, but they're still going to be different. So lots to look forward to with registration opening Monday, November 27th. That's Cyber Monday at 8 a.m., um, so make sure that you set your calendars uh, accordingly, set your alarms accordingly, keep your eyes on social media, uh, Instagram, the refuge, Twitter, everywhere they need to be registration is going to be available through unknown golf. So make sure you're keeping your eyes and ears peeled for Monday, November 27th at 8 a.m. Uh, I got to ask you, are you going to be, I, I know this answer uh, from our previous conversations, but you can, you can tell everybody else, will you be there this year? Once again, I will be at the extinction Number four in 2024. Yeah, I can't wait. Um, will you have you made the decision on whether or not you're going to be playing this year or will you be riding around again? Yeah, that's tough. You know, I, I on one hand, I do. I do want to play this year. I think I got the experience I wanted to have last year just from a uh, you know architect's perspective. And uh, but at the same time, I hate to take away a spot from someone who hasn't seen the place. So, you know, if we can if we can squeeze me in there somewhere, I'd love to do that. Uh, it'd be, be a lot of fun. Hey, we will expand the field to 78 for you. Uh, that is no Perfect. problem at all. Uh, I kept that in. 75 to 78 window open just in case. So, uh, yeah, we, you are more than welcome. And I'm sure that guys would love to uh, – nothing more than to battle against you, get beat by you, and beat you. So, it'll give something for everybody in the field. Probably the latter at, the, at this point as much as I've played recently. So, yeah, but I'm hey, you, get my game back in line. There, there's no more local knowledge than what you have. Um, That's true. Although, uh, I'm happy to report um, best shot I've ever hit on 16. Last time I played up there, um, you know, it's middle back right um, mm -hmm. into the wind. You know, it's 240 playing 210-ish, and I just flew five wood right at it six feet and just wow, stopped. And, and like you said, the greens going from where they were when you first opened being so firm to where that wasn't probably an option. So now obviously – little post aeration, a little softer with everything that's going on right now. Um, mm -hmm. But to be able to fly that, to stick it on that green and not have it roll over, I was gassed up. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, beautiful. The ball's, um, so, the ball's in the air for so long on that hole. It's just uh, You just got to hope it comes down in the right spot. But, it, yeah, it sounds awesome. It is, and it doesn't – it seems like it doesn't matter what club you hit. You know, we have some guys hitting like four irons to try to, to roll it up there and get that kick. 
You know, we have some guys, you know, like me hitting five woods and three woods, and mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what they hit. That ball just hangs up there. And, and which way is it going to fall? And what way is it going <laughs> to kick when it falls? Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we can talk a lot about the golf course um, here in our Q&A segment. But I'm just curious, as far as Park Mammoth goes and your future goes with Park Mammoth, outside of Park Mammoth, we obviously talk about the clubhouse. You guys have added stuff with the putting green, the driving range. Um the uh I'm I'm forgetting the exact name of the hotel right now, but there's an official stay and play package available now um, with the golf course. So lots of things continuing to develop and evolve. But uh what do you see happening in the future with Park Mammoth? And then obviously you talked about your projects earlier, but with you personally. Yeah, Park Mammoth is definitely not done yet. You know, Dave is um he's already got some ideas bouncing through his head. You know, he's um he's kind of in the process of, of acquiring some additional land and has some, some exciting things in the future. Nothing that I can really talk about specifically yet, but I, I can tell you that, that we're not done working out there. And I, you know, I think I, I foresee Dave kind of being a, a little bit of a tinkerer as a, as a client, you know, kind of, you always hear stories about Pete Dye and how he, how he's working at Crooked Stick and, and working down at Sawgrass every, every year, doing little things, little tweaks and, and same with Donald Ross Hunters number two back in the day. And, you know, I think we're going to be doing some, some little things right there, trying, always trying to, you know, to better the property. And, and then we're also going to be doing some things out there that, you know, I think are really going to elevate the place to the next level, just, you know, beyond the small things, I think some, some really exciting potential future additions out there, um, you know, including potentially, uh, you know, a little more golf and, and also some places that, uh, where you might can, can, uh, spend more than one round without having to go all the way back to Bowling Green. You know, I, I, I really love the city of Bowling Green. I, I think I've probably slept uh, over 300 nights in that town over the last four years now. And, and I think it's great, but I, you know what I, I've, I've been fighting since day one, since 2020 about, um, about the need for some, some more localized options and really getting people out there for the weekend, for a long weekend or, or even a week potentially if you're going to explore the park and, and do some of the other things um, out in that part of the state. So uh, excited to, you know, to not formally announce those things, but, but you know, I think it's coming down the pipeline and, and that's, that's music to my ears. With the evolution of obviously needing to have the clubhouse first and having that um, in the works. And, and once that's there, having the food and beverage around the golf course, um, you know, mm-hmm. having all those things kind of fall in the line. I'm very excited for the, for the future of Park Mammoth and your involvement there. Um, and truly, I've said it before, I'll continue to say it. Thank you to all of you for your hands and uh, for your part in creating what is a, a truly special place for all of us, not only in high cotton country, but in the whole golf landscape. Um, I'm excited to hopefully uh, bring some new witnesses to that this year at the Extinction. Um, but we actually have some questions from folks who have been there, who haven't been there before. I'm mm-hmm. going to start with a question from uh, another Southpaw uh, on the refuge. <laughs> this this one provides uh, a little bit of context, and it's a longer question, but um, it's a really good question that um, I'm excited to uh, hear your feedback on. Sure. Uh, he listened to the pod that we had um, with you a, a while back that we recorded actually up at Park Mammoth. It, w- it was probably that episode. Um, mm-hmm. And while we were discussing on that pod um, a little bit about the course and, and the length of the course, you were talking about adding bunkering and redoing the greens being the way that you added nuance and strategy to the golf course for the better golfer while still being a short course that was inviting to the recreational golfer. 
in the current days of the rollback, uh, courses being lengthened and being built bigger, do you see the style of navigating the inability to lengthen most courses dramatically becoming more popular with complete renovations like Park Mammoth? And building upon that, do you see something like this style becoming your kind of niche as you make your mark on more courses? Oh yeah. Wow. That's a, that's a great question. Uh, you starting with the first part. I, I do, I, all you could do is hope that that's the case. You know, we, we did not chase link at all at part mammoth. We, we didn't try to go off the existing footprint anywhere except really a number 12 T um, you know, it was, it was just, all right, what, what's the most fun we can have out here. And, and we decided, you know what, it's, it's uh challenging strategic tee shots and, and fun green complexes where you, you know, you really have to hit it in the right place and making sure they're big enough that, that it varies from day to day. So absolutely. Yeah. I really, really hope in the future we can put the focus more back on that, on, on having fun and not mattering if, if you have, if you don't get to hit driver 14 times around and, and, you know, just putting the value on, on the shot making on the second shots and on really fun, enjoyable green complexes, uh, you know, that's, that's to me, that's every, all the golden age courses I've studied, which, you know, some, some have been lengthened, some haven't, you know, it's, it's really the greens. that's always the answer. And, and um, so I, I do hope that's the case as, as far as a niche for me, I certainly would, would like the opportunity to continue doing that. You know, each client is going to have their own set of goals for what they're trying to do, whether it be a private club that's just, focused on their membership or whether it's a club who maybe is looking to host tournaments, you know, each individual club kind of has their own, own set of, of design parameters that they're going to give me as an architect. And so, you know, you, so you don't really necessarily want to get labeled as, Oh, he's just that guy that does, you know, short, fun, quirky courses. But at the same time, you know, if, if I got another, um, another 120 acre piece of land, like park mammoth, and you ask me, can we build 18 great holes on this? You know, I think, I think the proof's in the pudding on that so uh yeah um i i love that um having a golf course or like park mammoth uh, where you can maintain pace play it's friendly to such a wide range of golfers um, but you still have the ability for some better play and to keep things uh just interesting keep people returning all that stuff like i talked about earlier no matter the weather it's a fun golf course and uh that i always say you know for me how I gauge a great golf course is if I hit every club in the bag. And the mm -hmm. only reason I didn't hit every club in the bag the last time that I played is because I was afraid of my three iron. So <laughs> that, you know, I should have, but I didn't. And uh, I, I paid the price for it. So I, I just, yeah, I can't speak highly enough. And uh, if, if people are looking for that distance, that's not going to overpower you, but it's not crazy short. I mean, what does it tip out at 6,100 yards? Yeah, 62. Yeah, 62-10, I think, something like that. Yeah. Um, but still, like I said, every club in my bag personally. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we, we take number 10, for example. Last time I played it, it's downwind, but from the back tees. And everybody has to make that decision whether or not they're going to try to cross the creek or not. Mm -hmm. And uh, whether they do it or not, that's kind of the story of, of that hole for them. Um, so there, there's stuff like that throughout the golf course and, and kind of getting into that. Do you have any uh, favorite hole locations around the golf course that really stick out to you? Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I, I really, uh, you know, the back pin on three is one that immediately jumps out to me. I really like a far right pin on number one 
it looks like it's almost in the road when you're on the tee and even further right when you're in the fairway, you don't even know the greens over there. And, um, it, you know, that back middle pin on number eight, so challenging just cause it's so tight there. I was so happy you put one there, uh, the second round of the extinction. And, but at the same time, I think most people love that front right pin with the backstop because it's a lot of fun to, you know, try to shoot a wedge on there and get some spin back off that Ridge. And, um, you know, um, beyond that, I think, uh, you know, far back left pin on number 11, I love, uh, back right on 12, um, back right on 13 as well. You know, I, I really think that the double green there, 10 and 13 was a lot of fun, but I really love the 13 side of it and the, the way the, the hole kind of runs away on the back right section of that green, uh, makes that one a really, really difficult approach, especially if you're coming in from the left side. Um, and, and just visually you're like looking up at the sky. It's, mm-hmm. it's so intimidating. Yeah, and then kind of just that back middle pin on 18 where you can really, really use the punch bowl and use the slope behind the green and, you know, just that anticipation of cresting the hill and seeing how close or how far you are depending on on how it comes off the hill. There's uh, you know, just so much fun. Uh, I love that. Uh, we had that back left on 18 last time we played and three guys within mm. 10 feet, and it's, it's so much fun. Um, yeah. But you can say that about – a whole location just about on every green. Like you said, one going all the way far right is it's fun, but you, you are, you're looking at it. Like, where do I land this ball other than just center of the green? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes center of the green is all right. Absolutely. Um, do you have any, we've talked about it before, but for those who may not have uh, listened to that episode, are there any favorite games or formats that you have for part mammoth? When we talked to you last time heading into our first extinction, I think it was, we had talked about that and uh, we talked about kind of match play. And so that's what we built mm-hmm. the first extinction off of. But having seen some more events and stuff out there, is there anything that really sticks out to you? Yeah. You know, I still think, I think match play is still the play out there. There's so many half bar holes, you know, whether it's a par four, that's really a four and a half or, or a five, that's really a four and a half or, or a four, that's a three and a half. You know, there's so many, places where you can lose or gain a stroke. It's, if you can hit two really good shots, you know, you can birdie any hole out there. There's, it, it's, it's a challenging set of greens and it's hard to do it well 18 times in a row, but there's some places where you can really gain or lose, um, lose strokes out there. And, and with the, you know, with the nature of the fescue and, and especially when it's up and high in the summer, you know, stroke plays a little tougher because you can really get, get into some trouble if you're, if you're wild on the tee. That's why I kind of like if you, if you, you know, you lose one hole, uh, pick it up and you can hit two good shots on the next hole and, and you're back in it, you know, so match play is always something I'm, I'm when I'm designing and thinking about golf, I, that's always kind of the, the model that I'm trying to design for, but you know, the, the Stableford system I thought worked incredibly well last year. I, I haven't actually seen much alternate shot besides, besides the, uh, the Derby at your event, but I think it'd be, it'd be pretty interesting to see that you'd, uh, you know, there's certainly some teams that are going to differentiate themselves on on that. More accurate players probably would would uh, would really score well out there versus the the longer, wilder hitter. But um, yeah, I'm I'm always excited to see kind of new formats and uh, you know, see what you guys have dialed up this year. You see what what's different about how it went last year. Well, uh, you know, like I said, the format's going to stay the same, but we are going to add a few tweaks throughout the schedule, throughout the day, throughout the weekend to make it more exciting and more fun. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm very excited to, to kind of reveal all that as registration grows closer and uh, eventually gets here. 
Um, but asking you a couple more questions. One of our uh, listeners wants some advice from you. You're, you've you've done great um, in your career, and uh, you've gained all of the high cotton clubs respect, the respect of so many people from last year's extinction. Uh, you're worthy of uh, somebody asking you for some legitimate life advice here before we get uh, to our life advice at the end of the pod. Um, so right, let's hear it. How would you go about starting your career over if you had to today? Mm, that's a good question. I, you know, I, I don't, um, I don't like to like look back and second guess things and regret, you know, there's certainly, you know, I probably could have been a little more focused in college and making sure I was, I was doing the right things in the summers and, and uh, you know, not just staying around Blacksburg drinking beers and, um, you know, what I always tell people who ask me that, you know, if, if you're in college or or younger and you're considering a career in golf course architecture, you should spend one summer on a maintenance crew, spend one summer in a bag room. You should spend a summer caddying and then you should spend a summer doing construction and uh, preferably with an architect. But if not with a contractor. And that's really kind of the the best way to gain that 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 full ranging full ranging um, experience that we go through as architects, you know, there's in, in a landscape architecture program, for example, like, like I studied in school, you, you get kind of all the design side of things. You, you learn a little bit about how an office is run professionally, but for the most part, you're kind of left to fend for yourself and, and, you know, make sure that you're focusing your studies on the things that are important because as architects, we really focus on everyone at the club you know we're we're working with superintendents and then we're working with general managers and, and we're in boardrooms so we're really you know we're doing a little bit of everything so you know anytime if, if you're still in that process where you're you're kind of going through your education just make sure you're doing as much as possible you know take some turf classes take some soil classes take a business class take an accounting class because as, as a small business owner as an architect you're really doing all those things uh, for, for at least for some time until you get to the point where maybe you can start outsourcing. So uh, those those would be, I guess, some of the things. Uh, don't be afraid to take chances. And uh, you know, I emailed every golf course architect in the country multiple times. Uh, you know, it was a difficult time when I was finishing school. With the, you know, the, the economy basically crashed really shortly after that. So there were the the big office kind of disappeared overnight, and and it was really the industry evolved into what it is today, where it's really just guys like me. Uh, work from home or maybe they have a small office uh, but no actual employees in it so you know take some chances ask for internships uh, you know if you can uh, if you can afford it even do an unpaid one just try to get out there and, and meet as many people as you can and shake as many hands as you can and, and you never know where one of those connections is going to lead do you think that there's still a path for somebody in their late 20s early 30s and if so what do you think that path might be yeah, without a doubt, you know, actually kind of a in a somewhat similar story, you know, working on the Walter Travis course at Great Dunes in Georgia, we've we've been learning a lot about him. And, you know, Walter Travis didn't start playing golf till he was 34. He'd never even touched a golf club before. Within four years, he had won the U.S. Amateur, won it two more times and then won the British so within four years. So the eight years of starting to play golf, he'd won four amateur tournaments, he was widely considered the best amateur golfer in the world. He's building now he's being asked to design and build courses. I don't think it's ever too late. You know, there's some certainly some risk, you know, typically as you get older, you're going to have family, you're going to have things like that. But at the same time, I did it. You know, I, I spent 
I spent three and a half years out of the golf industry entirely working for a building architect just because it, it's what made sense for me and my family at the time. I just couldn't be on the road doing the construction thing 28 days a month anymore while, you know, with a, with a baby at home and a new wife. And, and so, you know, I was, I was happy as a person, but wasn't really professionally happy. So when the time opportunity presented itself, we kind of took a leap of faith and, and a lot of hard work and, and some stress and, uh, and uh, trying times, but we, you know, end up ended up getting there. And I think anybody who, in any career, really, who has the desire, if, if it's there, burning hard enough and long enough, you, you can you can do it. Uh, I think that's uh, I say it all the time, and I hate to repeat myself, but we got we get some great life advice here on the podcast, and and that's that's absolutely two two great pieces of life advice wrapped up in both of those answers. Um, so I, I really appreciate you sharing that, and hope uh, whoever asked that. Get some, uh, you know, benefit from it and uh, whoever else may need to hear it as well. So thank you so much for sharing all that. Um, for the best, uh, for a non-native, what would be the best time to get up to Park Mammoth other than the extinction? Because clearly, I mean, early June in central Kentucky, best time of the year. Yeah, I think June 8, 2024 is looking like a really good weekend to go. Uh, you know, other than that, that, that really is one of the best times, really from mid-May through mid-June. Uh, before it gets really hot, you start getting more afternoon thunderstorms and it gets a little more humid after the middle of June. But that that first month after kind of coming out of dormancy, everything's greening up. The, the fescue is going wild. It's coming from nothing up to, you know, up to full size. It happens really quickly, usually late April, early May. And um, so that's a great time. And then I, I love playing out there like the first couple of weeks of October too, right, right before dormancy typically. And the last couple of years, they've kind of started tiger striping a little bit around the you know the mid to mid late october so those couple of months there it's usually cooled down pretty nice you get some crisp mornings and uh i think the, the golf course photographs incredibly well that time of year too i think i asked you uh when we were kind of planning to to transition the extinction into a bigger event what's the best mm -hmm. time of year to plan and we can't do the fall so that's how we settled in kind of first weekend uh area of june and so mm -hmm. i'm obviously happy to hear you say that but couldn't agree more about fall. Fall in this area of the country provides some of the best golf of the year other than, mm -hmm. you know, having to deal with the leaves. But that's that's one of those things that as much as you like to see it, you know, around you and, and enhancing the scenery, you hate to see it when you're losing golf balls and putting on the leaves. <laughs> so, uh, you know, give and take, but but it's always beautiful, especially in the valley that Park mm -hmm. Mammoth is in. You just kind of get enveloped and you feel like you're in your own little world. Cell service at times is questionable, and, and it just adds to the experience because you're just – out there and it, it's a great day um yeah. all right final question for you um your thoughts on the nashville muni renovations i know that you're not uh super well versed on what's going on but obviously here in high cotton country they're a hot topic of debate so anything that you'd be willing to share or kind of comment on would be uh interesting for our listeners yeah certainly so you know as i mentioned earlier in the podcast two of my three major projects right now are our municipal renovations the ones the city of seguin texas one for the state of georgia actually jekyll island state park but the importance of municipal golf really can't be overstated you know been having some conversations recently with the national links trust and the guys trying to to revive the golf courses in washington dc and and um it's, it's just been so eye-opening to to see and and speak with all these people who kind of grew up playing municipal golf because that's that's really at, at its core where golf is you know the amount of people who grow up 
playing private, high in private country club golf, so few and far between. Most people are, grow up on munis and, and, you know, Nashville's municipal scene, just like, like many cities, it's certainly not unique, but it's, it's just really been dilapidated and, and, um, you know, not, it just hasn't been given the resources that it needs to succeed. I've seen the same thing, uh, you know, the city of Austin's doing a, a pretty good job, but San Antonio is doing a great job right now. Uh, I think Dallas is, is lagging a little behind just cities that I'm pretty familiar with, but you know, there's been so many incredible examples recently at winter park in Florida and, and um, the Bobby Jones project in Atlanta, the things that, that we're trying to do at Jekyll Island and with the national links trust to bring Walter Travis in, into the limelight, you know, it is, it's very exciting to see that the city of Nashville is, chosen to to finally invest in their properties they couldn't have hired a better guy bruce hepner is a, for those of you who don't know he's a you know he comes from the tom dope tree he's he's uh really he's been on his own for a long time now but he is such a thoughtful guy he does uh really really nice restoration work all throughout the northeast and, and other places as well he um if you haven't listened to his podcast with um with the fried egg recently you, you really should i think he's a He's he's the right guy for that job. I'm I'm happy, you know. Obviously, I would have loved to have been considered, but I'm really happy they hired Bruce. I think, uh, you know, he's he's really proven that that he can do more with less on a lot of projects. And and I think that in in five or ten years time, we'll be we'll have a, a much different view of the municipal golf scene in Nashville than we do today. I love to hear that. I think you hit the nail on the head at the very beginning talking about it. it's just kind of been a lack of resources and, and a bit of mismanagement. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to get to a point where they are willing to invest, even with the combination of private funds and everybody who's gotten involved to make the Percy Warner project happen. But like you said, then bringing in Bruce, who, um, you know, can make a dollar go a long way and, and do a lot with little. And that's exactly what our kind of city needs for a project like this. And so um, I am I'm pessimistic. Uh, transparently, uh, you know, we I, we talk about that on the uh, last podcast that came out with one of our members, the, the local muni rat, Jacob Beers. But um, I, I am hopeful at the same time. I'm only pessimistic because I know how great it can be. And mm. so I'm, I'm thankful for Bruce and all the folks that are getting involved to do something in Nashville like you've been able to do for us in Park City. Um, so it, it's not going to stop me from making the drive. I'm, you know, looking to, to relocate myself, get as close to Park Mammoth as I can. Um, so no worries um, on that end. But I, I would love uh, a little bit of life advice from you. Obviously, you've given a little bit of life advice. Before, but if you had to give one thing to say, um, I, my life advice would probably be not to cover or to attempt to try to cover the bunker on uh, three just go ahead and give yourself, you know, left of that first bunker, stay short of the second one, play from there. That's going to be my life advice. What do you have for us? Yeah. You know, I think it's really easy to, uh, to say, well, you know, it's pretty wide open here. I think I can hit driver. And there's, there's quite a few places in my eye where it doesn't make sense to do it out there. I think to me, I'm always looking, uh, you know, eight is a great example of a place. I'd much rather have a full swing. Uh, You can bomb one right down there in the bottom and, and if you're on the bottom right and the pins up on the left, that's a tough shot and vice versa as well. If you're on the left, the pins on the back, right, you have almost no chance of keeping on there. I'll, I just really, I really like having full swing on things. So, you know, taking, uh, taking my foot off the gas a little bit, 18 is another great example. There's so much room to miss on 18. You can, you can hit it 30 yards past the pin and it's probably coming back on the green, you know, 
that's any and yet I still see so many guys out there trudging through that little strip of native around that first fairway bunker because they're trying to blow, blow one past it. You just don't have to. So, you know, just sometimes just, uh, you know, pump the brakes a little bit and give yourself a full wedge in and, and you're going to be in good shape most likely. Yeah. You just gave me an aha moment comparing eight to 18 because I play 18 so well, just laying up to the short, right. But eight, I keep hitting driver. I lose it over the road every time. Or if I hit it, well, I get end up getting kicked right into the native that comparison light bulb for me. And I, uh, I cannot wait to get back to number eight and, probably rip my five wood out of bounds, but Hey, at least I'll have the right game plan going into it. Yeah. You can't say I didn't tell you so. Well, we appreciate you so much. We really can't thank you enough as always for all that you've done for our area, but especially for us with the high cotton club, you've been a great friend to us and a great supporter. And uh, we look forward to checking in with you probably before we actually get to the extinction, but we can't wait to actually see you um, in park city this uh, coming June for anybody who's listening. Don't forget registration cyber monday november 27th at 8 a.m but brian again thank you so much yeah thank you connor again i i so enjoyed being able to spend time with you on the podcast and and getting to meet all the guys last year that i hadn't met before it was such a such a great group of fellas and and ladies and and um you know if you haven't signed up you haven't been to park mammoth before give it a shot you'll you'll not have more fun than you will with these guys at park mammoth so Thank you, Brian. Appreciate it. And thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Dialed In, a podcast by the High Cotton Club. Rich, some guys like it quiet. Some guys like it loud. This is. Yeah, the gator needs to look like he needs some exercise. I don't know. Of course, the conditions now that he has to play the shot to test anyone. Jim, those two, it's a great story.